1: speedway a championship will be won today we're not a favorite this time they all have it out for me every
2: single weekend you do what you have to do to win the race for your team no other driver wants it as bad as i do. i'm a lot meaner than he thinks i am in that car i promise
1: you. Great plan. It's ran over something. Dominant performance early on. Hamlin saying his car is tight
3: and slow. What about this battle, guys? A huge error by the 19. The 18, surging ahead. Four best teams, the four best drivers. It's fun to watch
4: the handling over the lead. The
1: championship four running one, two, three, four. A huge blow for the 11. And Kyle Busch, everything that's on the line. What a performance! NASCAR Cup Series champion.
4: Well, hello, and welcome to the last Monday edition of NASCAR America. <laughs> all of famer, Mr. Jarrett, Mr. Latart, myself, Jeff Burden. What did you guys think of the race yesterday? Uh, entertaining in a lot of ways.
2: Uh, we talk all the time about how much pressure on these drivers and the teams, everybody involved, and how you just can't make any mistakes uh, or it's going to be difficult to recover from because you're up against the very best in what you're trying to accomplish to win this championship. Uh, Kyle Busch did a fantastic job of navigating through the whole day, uh, not as good as he wanted to be at times, but knew that uh, the nighttime, I believe, was going to be his friend with his car and the adjustments they made and a uh, well-deserved second championship.
3: A majority of the race was what I expected. All four of the championship, four running one through four, putting pressure on each other, racing each other, the four and the 18. I don't know how many times they changed positions at one point there in the second stage. In the end, a little perplexed, a little shocked. that Then when the, it was time to cash in, when it was time to win a championship, We had um, teams unable to keep up either through mistakes or strategy, but in the end, Kyle Busch, and you mentioned it, his entire 18 team, Adam Stevens on down, execution when it mattered.
4: Yeah, super impressed with Kyle Busch. And, you know, we've talked on this show many times about Kyle seeming upset, singing, you know, just not happy. All weekend long, Kyle Busch seemed to be completely locked in, here to win a championship, and just went and got it done. He put the pressure, he and his team put the pressure on those other drivers to make mistakes, in my opinion. Their speed uh, they got you know that put them in a position where they had to push a little bit harder and, and they did make some mistakes, and that's part of winning championships every championship yeah. uh, being clean. What did Denny Hamlin say when I interviewed him before the race. No mistakes. Right. He said some other stuff too. We can't say but he, <laughs> he said no mistakes. And he was right. Mistakes had a huge role uh, in this championship for sure. Yeah, and, and to be
2: clear, the drivers really didn't make any mistakes uh, along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, it came on pit road where things uh, got a little bit iffy, as we talked. This is a team sport, everybody has to
4: do their job. Well, let's go hear what Kyle Bush had to say after winning his second championship.
1: Hell yeah, guys. Awesome horse. Awesome beer. Thank you, boys. Old two timer out there. Proud of you, buddy. Glad to stick
0: with it. Great job, guys. Two, two.
3: I know you've thought about
0: it. What does it mean?
4: Uh,
3: Honestly, I haven't
4: thought about it because I didn't want to get too disappointed in the moment if it didn't happen.
0: You know, I do remember taking the white flag and and uh, crossing underneath that, and just I had some tears rolling down my eyes for the last lap and was just like, come on, man, we still got to finish this damn thing. Don't be such
4: a, a sis. But um, how was my last lap time? I don't even know. I quit looking about 10 to go. Okay. So
0: <laughs>
4: hopefully hopefully it was decent. I don't know. We had a good lead to the guys behind us. But uh, overall, just, yeah, emotions were starting to set in. I
1: just uh, probably didn't know where, where the hell my mind was was at. But knew we had won and, and we had won big and um, was just kind of being a bit more subdued about it.
4: Well, DJ, I want to start with you. So, so you're you're a Cup champion, and and Kyle Busch, I think, believes he should have like four or five. Yeah. So, what the second championship? What does it mean to Kyle Busch? Yeah, yeah. You know, I wish I could tell you
2: exactly what it means, but I'll take my one and tell you that you know once you get that one. The the next goal is obviously getting that second one. That separates you from a lot of people. You know, I was fortunate to be part of a group that that has one championship, and I, I'm very proud of that. But to get that second one takes you to another level. And I'll agree. Even myself, I, I believe that Kyle Busch should have more than this. He's put himself in a position, but you know, shows how hard it is uh, when one of the most talented drivers ever threw this. Uh, has now just won his second one. But I, I thought he was a little bit subdued along the way. Um, but I, I think that, I, I think deep inside of him, he, he's very proud of the accomplishment of knowing what that is.
3: And, and now I think that kind of sets him up to go on a nice little run here. I think I wrote down competitor mode. I think his celebration was absolutely subdued. But Jeff, it goes back to what you said in his approach all weekend long. I think Kyle Bush as a competitor, as a great competitor, put himself in a position that maybe I don't know if I've ever been there or I can't remember it in my career, but he was so focused on the task at hand that a checkered flag wasn't enough to flip the switch and just start celebrating. Like, it's going to take him some time. I believe from the things I saw on social media and the interviews he gave, the farther he got away from the checkered flag, normally the instant reaction is the huge explosion. For Kyle Busch, the longer he got after the race, the more he started to enjoy that he has won a second championship. I think that uh, Championship Week in Nashville could be outstanding because he might actually relax but it says a lot about him. I think there is pressure of his own expectation. He takes the pressure of his fan base, uh, the pressure of who he drives for, both the sponsors and the teams and I just think simply. He couldn't shut that off quite quick enough to give the expect to give the celebration the fans expected. Now, guess what? He won it. He can celebrate however he wants. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't change the name. Um, I think we saw a lot about Kyle Busch, right? What I heard from him after that race, too. He doesn't use the word "I" and "me" a lot, but he becomes the point of focus because he's such a polarizing figure. But after the race, really forced. The conversation to his crew chief, to his team, to his sponsors. And in such a way, it didn't feel like a marketing plug. It felt like a true appreciation to have the ability to stand here with a second title.
4: I, I don't think fans should take his subdued celebration as a lack of respect and his, ad, and his appreciation for what winning that championship means. And I think if anybody takes it like that, they completely misunderstand Kyle Bush. I think Kyle Bush has a, an immense amount of appreciation for what it means to win races, what it means to win championships. I think he has complete belief in himself, and I think he believes, and I'm not going to argue with him because I think he's right, that he could have won more. Yeah. And I think that he, wa- he wants to be where, where Dale Earnhardt, where Jimmy Johnson, where Richard Petty, he wants to be there. And I think that he feels like he still has work to do. Like, you know, that, yes, we just got the second one, but I want the third and I want the fourth. And, and so I, I just don't, I don't think it's fair when, you know, we've heard some fans say, well, you know, he didn't celebrate. His celebration wasn't cool. <laughs> I don't like him for that. Like, come on. You know what yeah. I mean? He can he can celebrate however he wants
0: to. All it's right, his
4: championship and his team's yeah. championship. and And we sat here and we said he's not in the right state of mind to win this championship. And he proved us wrong. And I'm telling you that he, in his mind, that first championship he won, he's heard the doubters. There's an asterisk next to it. He told us. <laughs> and when he said it, Steve and I looked at each other like, what is he talking about? What asterisk? Like I hadn't even, you know, but some people believe because he didn't run every race the year he won his first championship, that's not a real championship. That's, that's a bunch of crap. It was a real championship. Sure. And, I, and him having two, uh, you know, there's no
3: reason he can't have more than two in my opinion. For him to perform and his team to perform, on the biggest stage in a race car that doesn't suit him, he'll tell you he doesn't like to drive it, at a track that he's been good at, but you don't put his name at the top of the, of the Miami list. There are other tracks where Kyle Busch is the guy you're going to have to go beat. Has taken a very impressive resume and a very talented driver, and in my mind, only separated him more from the field. You know, Now, DJ, when I look at the 18, I try to think, okay, what is the... If I'm a crew chief other than Adam Stevens, today I'm thinking... How do I outrun the 18 consistently enough to derail his championship hopes? First, you have to get to Miami, but he won the regular season championship, and he won the championship finale. That's pretty good. Pretty good year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, everything that he accomplished, I mean, he won five times, but, you know, so many people wanted to focus on the fact, but it was out there that he hadn't won in 21 races. That, That was a fact, you know, and... We're just not accustomed to that. You know, kept asking the question. I know that got a little annoying to him, but, you know, you you have to accept that that's part of it. But he is so used to winning on a regular basis, Jeff, and I think you talked about You said the exact thing. He thinks that should have been number four that we were talking about with the possibility of of thinking about what was ahead when you look at those seven numbers. Now, he's not discounting that because he has – in my opinion, nine, ten more years for sure yeah. to, to go at this, and it's not out of the, the realm of possibility because I don't care what track you change and go to for the championship, he's going to be a factor wherever they take that. And, and of course, next year at Phoenix, and he does very well there.
4: Yeah, and, and, you know, listen, he's a polarizing figure, as you said. Some people may like him, some people may, may not like him, but you should never doubt his ability. Never. He is a flat-out race car driver, and period, end of story, I, I wish I had his talent. You yeah, know, yeah. I wish I'd have had his talent. And ninety-eight uh,
2: percent wish they had that yeah, talent. Yeah, I, I said this last week. I'm not going to say he's the best ever, but I'm not going to put anybody above him either, as far as talent-wise goes uh, in driving a
4: race car. Well, that that <laughs> is a huge compliment, um, Martin Truex Jr. and his team. Like I, they have to be heartbroken. You know, I, I, you know, this the mistake that they made was a mistake that quite honestly, you just can't have. Like, that's just one of those unforced errors. Uh, I, I, it seemed to me that, you know, they had the best car but took themselves out of it. Martin Trex Jr. on pit
1: road now. He seemed pretty happy with his 19 car, but he said since making that stop at the stage break, he's been a little bit tighter. All right, all right, all right. Uh-oh, we got something wrong. Now yeah, we got the tire switched. Come
3: back. Go back to you, okay? Oh, we got you. We got the left front, on the right front, the right front, on the left front. These are the mistakes that can cost you a championship.
1: He's a lap down now, running in the 13th position. we just losing control of the race there at, uh, with the with the
2: issues we had and having to restart uh, back where we did. And, uh, just another one that
4: got away. You know, uh, felt like we had what it took to win tonight, and you know, once again.
0: Um, we are out front, I feel like we could have done, you know, we would have been gone, but we weren't, so we needed to be a little bit better.
1: This time, this time. Stay out, stay out,
2: stay out, stay out. Did you feel like staying out and trying to use the fresher tires was going to be your way to to get the win in the championship?
0: I didn't know at that point. I just did whatever Cole said, so, you know, I, he, he does the strategy,
4: I just drive, and uh obviously it didn't work out. We were, you know, we were quite a bit quicker at the end,
1: but... We're just too far back so so no chance about you give a one hell of a shot hell of a season
4: so Steve you, you've been on top of that box leading pit crews how does this mistake happen well
3: very simply, it is a mistake by a number of people. It's more than one. You know, the tire guy is responsible for the tire, setting the air pressure, putting it in the location. The tire carrier, when he leaves pit wall, he has to understand he's setting the correct tire in the, in the correct location. Um, it's been kind of reported, and I understand this, that they had the tires behind the pit box in the shade, which I would have done as a crew chief as well. You know what? Two tires in the shade, two tires in the sun can really mess up your setups. So moving it from behind the pit box to the front, they got put in the wrong location. And you mentioned it. It's just an error that it's a human error but if you want to be a champion it's an error you cannot make. I was gutted for Cole Pern because he as the crew chief is responsible and I'm not waiving his responsibility but this is the type of error that over the three days I was in Miami worrying about everything I had to worry about on this 19 car never would the tires being on the wrong corner even come to mind and it's more than just that it's the time they put them behind but then because they had a right front tire in the wrong location The less air pressure and the smaller size, DJ, then it goes and drags the right front splitter off and the car's tight for the rest of the night. So, I mean, that was the moment. The championship wasn't a guaranteed loss, but in looking back on it, that was the moment that the championship was lost.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, we talk all the time. Uh, These cars are made of parts and pieces, and sometimes they fail, Uh, and and you don't know why. Uh, Sometimes you do find out why. Uh, The other side of it is uh, that those parts and pieces are put there by human beings. And then the pit stops are obviously done uh, by people that are very good at their job, but you still make mistakes. And I think pressure brings that too. And and just as you were talking about there, having those tires in a different place than they normally would, uh, just so that they were making sure that, you know, a couple of the tires, if if they're in the sun, they're obviously uh, getting heated up there. It could change the air pressure. You can't say, you know, you gotta be doing all kinds of things. So it's unfortunate. That's the downside of sports and competition is that when someone makes a mistake like this, then it's put on them, and and they have to live with that. But we've all been in that situation where we made a mistake we wish we wouldn't have made. But there are no guarantees. You know, what Kyle Busch could have done uh, might have been enough anyway uh, as that night went on. I think he and his team were really prepared for what that racetrack was going to do later on.
3: Well, so that was the error. that got the 19 damaged and behind, but then they had recovered. They were all the way up in the mix, about four seconds behind the 18 and uh, you saw a little indecision on the radio pit with the 18 and then decided to stay out I didn't like the strategy I think that the 19 needed to pit with the 18 but that's a personal opinion um, in the end he was 4 seconds behind obviously Cole Pern says I don't think we can just pit and make up 4 seconds on the racetrack so he pits 5 laps later in what would seem to be the optimum time, I use optimum as an engineering type term, that you're going to have the correct amount of time on each set of tires to run the 18 down, in the end Cole had to do something. I didn't understand the strategy. I actually had a conversation with him today. I appreciate Cole the day after a championship explaining what he was thinking there. And he he said, he goes, listen, my only thought was I had to find four seconds on the racetrack following the 18 down. I didn't think I was going to make it up. We hadn't seen how we were going to make it up with the damage to the splitter. So his hope was, and it was a calculated hope, Kyle Busch was going to have to run longer on that last set of tires than any race car had yet in that race. And we have both seen it, and you have driven it, where you get to the end of the life cycle on a tire at Atlanta or Miami, and it drives awful, and you nosedive. Unfortunately for the 19, it didn't happen, but there was at least a calculated chance, right? It wasn't a haymaker. He just didn't throw a Hail Mary. He said, all right, this is it. Of all the chips in front of me, this is the chip I'm going to take. But like I said, I'll go all the way back. No damage to the splitter from the tires being on wrong. I don't think Cole is forced to make that call. I think yeah. he chases the 18 down pit Road and tries to beat him on the racetrack. We had this conversation earlier
4: today, and, and uh, somebody compared this to, you know, Chris Weber calling timeout in the Final Four, right, when they had no timeouts left. Mm. And I think that's fair. I, 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 I hate it for the people involved because I, and I know you have, and you have as well, we've all been in these situations where we have been in that moment where it's winning time and we didn't deliver. And you feel absolutely horrible. You feel like you let everybody down, your fans, your colleagues at work, your sponsors, everybody involved. You feel absolutely horrible. And I feel bad for these guys that they are going to wake you know, when they went to try to go to sleep last night, that was on their shoulders. But this professional sports. Yeah. And and it's part of it. And it's uh, I mean, it's just a mistake you can't make with that much on the line, or at any time for that matter.
2: Yeah, and we talk about how many championships Kyle Bush thinks he might have had. You could be looking at Truex with three in a row, possibly. Yes. I mean, they have put themselves right there in position to win the last three titles. But uh,
3: because of different things, uh, they don't have that. But they put that effort there. So, and once again, though, the first car to qualify in was the 19. And he was the fastest car in Miami. Yeah. So, when we get a year from now and we start talking about trying to make the playoffs, don't discount the advantage that Cole Pern had with that race team. It showed yep. up. I mean, that first stage, he laughed. If there weren't have stage breaks... <laughs> Whew. I mean, he would have laughed everyone. It yeah, was, all... was unbelievable.
4: Yeah. We, we, have a, we have a lot more to talk about with, with the Cup Series. We, there's tons within that race we will come back. But when we come back, we want to talk about the thrilling Xfinity Series Championship. Tyler Reddick went back-to-back and put a show on.
1: He has worked extremely hard tonight. A 1.8 second lead. Give me one more nice smooth lap here. He'll be a two-time champion. by 15 you know, double zero. He's going to join the greats of the Xfinity Series. Tyler Reddick has won again yeah. at homestead. Here Brandon. Tyler proud of you, everybody I'm losing my breath I'm that excited this one means so much more it was just uh, a lot better here and it was uh, really cool to go back to back all
4: right so Tyler Red becomes the seventh driver to win back-to-back championships but he did it and the first one to do this with different organizations how impressive is that
3: well a year ago he wins Daytona pretty much off the radar pops up at Miami as the champion Comes back this year, and he said it was a different year. A different year, yeah, by a ton. Every race, he seems like he was there. But that drive, DJ, he can run the fence as good as anyone. I know he is an Xfinity Series champion, but I'd put him up against Kyle Larson and some of the cup guards when it comes to running the fence. So impressive lap after lap, like it was comfortable for him.
2: Yeah, yeah. Seeing the the in-car part of it at times and watching him battle this race car, he said that it didn't drive good, and I believed him because I'd been watching thinking, and he did it. To the last lap, the last corner of the last lap. Even when he had the lead there, uh, he stayed right up against the wall and challenged that, but he's just so good. You know, he reminds you so much of Kyle Larson and watching how they approach that and how they do it and, and just the work that it takes. I mean, you might, they make it look rather easy, but as Jeff and I can tell you, that is not an easy thing to do. That is hard. That's that's something that you really have to work at. And and there were other guys, Cole Uh, Custer and and, uh, Christopher Bell both used different times during the year to run up against the wall at other racetracks, thinking that was going to help them challenge him, but they still had nothing for him. My hat's off to that young man. He did a great job. What an incredible season Uh, with all the wins and all the top five finishes. uh, He he was definitely, he put himself, he didn't win as many races as the other two, but he was there more times than anybody else.
4: So every driver in in both races spent, Took, did a, an incredible job this weekend. Spent a lot of time with us. Carved time out of an excre- extremely busy schedule, and, and really appreciate that. Here's Tyler Reddick. Yeah, man, we got a race to run tomorrow. <laughs> that like, was. It's all good. Like, I like we're you. going to the beach. Like, uh, we're gonna to go to yeah. the beach. You get the cooler. You bring the beer. I'll, you know what I mean? Like, it was nothing. Like, it was just another day. And it was, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna drive like I always do. And I'm gonna put it on the fence. And I'm just gonna do it. You know, I mean, it was the most <laughs> relaxed. I mean, it wasn't like he was racing for a championship. And, I, and that, I, like, I could never do that. I, could, there, I couldn't I could get myself in that position to drive from
3: here to home as <laughs> relaxed as he is. Listen, I left that meeting scared to death. I'm like, this kid has no idea what's coming. He's too relaxed. Um, but you know what? I, what I, I, I talked about kind of what I felt like I lacked in the closing laps on Sunday. I got yeah. in the closing laps on Saturday. Cole yeah. Custer... Christopher, but I applaud these guys because they didn't let Reddick run away and hide. Cole Custer went up there, and they traded sliders back and forth. Custer even saying after the race, I studied his in-car of this track, which I thought was a huge compliment that you got to study. But this was a battle. And the fact that their three are moving up as a rookie class, I think is even better. But, I mean, look at this. Oh, yeah.
2: This was tremendous right here. I mean, Cole Custer did nothing wrong there. Uh, That was just Tyler Reddick. Understanding the situation, he sat there and he kind of stalked him and just waiting for that right moment when he got back to the gas and his car did everything that he needed it to do to get that run down the front straightaway to where he was really gaining, used a little bit of draft, and then he knew what he had. And you can make that move in one and two. And even Cole Custer said that uh, to us the other night when he joined us uh, up on the pit box with uh, Tyler Reddick there. It was so much fun to hear the two go back and forth. But he said, I knew I had to take my chance. That was my One shot uh, down in three and four to to make that work, even though that's not the best place. Kyle Petty given up his seat here, so uh, Cole could come up and join us and uh, go back and forth a little bit. They were funny.
4: Well, we we were treated to an incredible Xfinity series. This year was really good. Those three guys, nothing against everybody else, but they were the story all year long and they fought each other. I know they have one situation where, you know, these two guys had kind of had it out on pit road. But even, you know, you saw right there the respect they have for each other. And, and this is the future. We, we witnessed this year and last year. You know, we talk about this Xfinity series, we talk about this truck series. That's what they're for. To develop these drivers, and these three drivers they have a great future. I, there's, I can't imagine Richard Childress finding a young man that fits his program any better than Tyler Reddick. Richard yeah. Childress, that's exactly what Richard wants. He wants a guy that's going to get up, do whatever it takes, laugh, have a good time. That's a, that is a stereotypical
3: Richard Childress racing driver. I think RCR needs a little bit of enthusiasm, a little bit of excitement as well, yeah. and I think Tyler can bring it. Um, I will say, this is my little asterisk for those three, they are outstanding drivers, and they're going to have great years. But that first year in Cup, hold on. <laughs> those Sunday it's races, hard. those Sunday <laughs> races are tough. They'll
4: yeah. never have, never be as hard racing for twentieth. They can't understand. I, this, yes. I'm going to say this about them: when Kyle Bush was in the race, Kyle Bush didn't walk away from these guys. Yes. They were in the mix. They made Kyle yeah. Bush yeah. push. So I, I, they're ready. And I, 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 listen, I hate to see Daniel Suarez lose his ride. I hate to see anybody lose their ride. It's part of this sport. But these three going together, we are going to be treated to an incredible rookie of the year battle, and they're all driving good equipment, and that's 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 a great thing. Yeah, they the earned Bible. their
3: right to be there next yes. year. Tell Redick, it's 500 miles. These are longer races,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and the bodies
2: aren't composite either. So Got to take a
4: little more care of them. So when we when we start when we start at Chicago next year, and we're going to have a clock. Like, oh, we're yeah. going to have a Reddit clock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh-uh. listen, a little piece of tape, right, about this size, I would say. That's pretty close, right? Yeah. Had a huge bearing on what happened to Denny Hamlin in his day and his chance to win his first championship. When we come back, we're going to dig into that and see how all that happens.
1: got too aggressive, man, I, I live by the fire, brother, I live right next to it, um, that's how you win, I just got burnt tonight, Yeah it for uh, I definitely would have liked to say to say F-ing. go get him no matter what, screwed up, we got too aggressive, couldn't execute it, for 4 man, I'm proud of you, great job all year,
0: I, um, Chris is aggressive, he's aggressive crew chief, and, uh, he, he tried to give me all the speed he could there, and it was just too much tape, and uh, we, uh, you know, we were going to blow up. We were, we we're pissing all the water out.
1: We beat ourselves right here. We just didn't execute that play, and uh, you know, I wish I could have it back, and just, just not have been so greedy there, because I don't know that we needed it anyway. I am the leader of this race team. I called an aggressive play. What we tried to pull off right here is trying to win Homestead, and letting the emotion of the moment get the best of you, trying to do it. And we just got too aggressive, plain and
0: simple. That's okay. That's on me.
4: So those, those words from Chris Gabehart, a rookie crew chief in the Cup Series, putting it all on his shoulders, that's
3: on me. I mean, that's, that's all you can ask from a leader. So, uh, listen, he's right. I'm not going to disagree with him. Great analysis of what happened. I think this is the biggest point I have from Chris Gabehart is he needs to learn from this because they won six races and they were in Miami because he does live next to the fire, was his quote, and he does push everything to the edge. But there has to be a moment in time, much like we pick on race car drivers for being too aggressive and hit and damaging race cars or damaging their chances to win. This, in my mind, was a crew chief, self admittedly now, but a crew chief who has taken his star player out of the game. Right, his star player within two seconds of winning a championship. Could they have caught Kyle Busch? I don't know. I think the 11 was getting better as the sun was cooling or the sun was setting. The track was cooling. I thought he could have gone up there and maybe pushed the issue against the 18. Gabe Hart's decision. Um, I'm okay with adding taint, DJ. It's the process in which they did it, right? You, you have to add it in which way if it goes wrong, you just don't get the advantage. Not if it goes wrong, it ends your chances. I think that's the difference. And my concern is when this guy sets it on right here, I mean, he has one shot at it, right? You're asking yeah. this guy to make a really tough decision. I just think um, well-minded, poorly executed. I wish he could, you know, I'm sure he wishes he could have that one back. Yeah, a lot going on there. It's kind of uh, at midfield fourth and a foot to go
2: late in the game Uh, do you punt and try to keep the other team back or do you go after it and and I like the idea of being aggressive and going for it but there's just so much pressure everything going on it's if, if you could have had an extra man to go out there and do that instead of somebody that's trying to do their normal job and make all of that happen I think that's a you've got a much better chance of making that that call work uh but, you know, he was trying to give his driver what he thought he needed to, to go win the race. And, you know, what the, the two things that they lacked early on, it got better as it got cooler. Uh, but they were a little tight, uh, which that was going to help. And they lacked a little bit of speed uh, on the shorter runs. And that was going to help that, too. So, uh, you know, things sometimes just don't work out. Uh, I appreciate him being aggressive. You know, his calls during the year won them a lot of races and put them in position a lot.
4: Yeah, I want the fans to understand that he didn't put that much tape on the grill, knowing that was, you know, like, I know I can't run this much tape, so I'm going to put it on the grill anyway. It was a calculation he made trying to cover up a certain amount, ask a lot out of one guy. It was too much to
3: ask out of one guy, right? Yeah, so, if you, so if you look right there, he's trying to cover what, well, you see, it's all on the grill. He's trying to be up there like at the CA of Camry and below, right? And have just a couple inches on it on the grill.
4: Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it was just a tough play. It's a tough call. To, to make that part of the game. It wasn't, hey, we're just going to put this on here knowing it's going to overheat. I want to be clear about that. One thing I think is different in our, this sport uh, that puts, I believe, it puts crew chiefs in a very difficult situation is that in every other sport, you're controlling your players. right? In this sport, you're trying to control your players and the ball. Yeah. In no other sport do they bring their own ball with them. Here we bring the car. And that car has a, a direct relation to whether or not you can be successful. So drivers are always going to be pushing, crew chiefs are always going to be pushing themselves to build the fastest race car they can, and through that, that gives drivers an opportunity to win a race. I personally don't think, from what I was watching, I don't think the 11 was fast enough to go chasing down. Now, listen, like Denny Hamlin said, I'd al- he'd love to have a chance to find out. Yeah. I don't see the evidence when I was looking at lap time that they were better. And I think they were just trying to, to narrow the gap, and it was a mistake. And there's no timeouts to call.
2: Yeah, that's. The, it's yeah, not right. like you yeah. can say when you see what's going on there, as the the clock's running down, the play clock's running down. He couldn't call timeouts. Say, hold on, we need to adjust this and and get another shot at it. Uh, that's not available here.
3: Yeah. So this is where Jeff and I do disagree, though. I think the 11 was closing in on the 18 speed-wise. Um, listen, it's it's a personal opinion. It's a personal approach. I just feel that. As a crew chief, you have to know when, when, when you've done all you can do. You, you sometimes, at some point as a QB, you got to throw the ball. Sometimes you even got to take a sack and not take a fumble, right? At some point, you can try too hard. And this is Chris Gabehart. He has made very little, if any, missteps throughout the year. He's not alone. Denny Hamler wrecked his car at Texas, trying too hard. Like, it's human. What makes sports outstanding is you cannot predict the outcome. I didn't predict this decision by Chris Gabehart. I didn't think he could have a 12-second lead at Phoenix, and he did it. So, you you know, you can't pick and choose the parts and pieces. I could tell you one thing, people that are disappointed with the crew chief, Denny Hamlin has a better crew chief today than he had yesterday because of this mistake. Yeah, yeah, I got better every race I ran. I always say if I had Jeff Gordon in the end of my career, I would have won way more races because I knew all the stuff I didn't know then. I think Chris Gabehart, you say he's a rookie crew chief, he's going to have... I think he's going to have more shots at championships and win a lot of races. All right, so let's talk about Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick, outnumbered by the
4: Joe Gibbs racing teams, uh, had that short run speed but did not have long run speed, needed the caution late, played the strategy, hoping <laughs> for the caution, but in my in my
3: eyes, he just didn't have enough speed on the old tires. Rodney Childers coached all the way to the end yeah. and just never got the play to fall his way. He ran long knowing he needed a relatively lucky caution. I'm okay with it, right? I mean, he was so far behind, I I saw no path, no piece of tape, no magical adjustment that was going to get the 4 to the speed of the 18.
2: Yeah, and you could tell, and y'all brought this up uh, early on with the the amount of straightaway speed that the car had. You could see what they brought, something that was going to get them down the straightaway, and they were counting on more grip, As this race got into the night and having that opportunity. And I think everybody, you know, you're gonna have long runs there, but I think everybody thought that there would be a caution somewhere along the way and you could use that short run speed that they set themselves up for. They knew that the Toyotas had an advantage. All year long, in long runs uh, at the majority of the mile and a half racetracks, and this was no different.
4: Well, to your point, Joey Logano won his championship last year because he caught that caution. Yes. If if that race goes sixty laps, I don't think Joey Logano wins that race. So if you look at, and if you look at the number of races that have been finished on short runs at Homestead, this was an unusual race at Homestead. You
3: didn't get that late caution. Can't beat somebody at their own game. Play your own game. And that's what I thought Kevin Harvick Ronnie Childers did. And I applaud them. At no point did they point fingers. Even when the pressure had gone and the loss was there, Kevin Harvick jumped out and said, just needed that yellow. Yeah, and
2: how far they came from the beginning of the year. I mean, they were yeah. really off. They battled hard. They competed and got themselves in position, won four races, and gave themselves another chance at a championship. I,
4: I, the other teams at Stuart Hoffman's racing are going to have to step up. Yes, they got to help them out. Too they've big got, a gap. Yes, it's too, too big, big a gap. of a gap. And it, 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 There's a major advantage at Penske because they all kind of run the same. There's a major advantage at Gibbs. They can lean on each other. And they've got to find a way. For the other teams to take a step forward, I think I just think that's a major disadvantage to Kevin Harvick. Yeah,
3: yeah. And if Cole Custer, the first-year driver, that's more pressure on those two middle drivers as well. Because if Cole Custer, he should be the fourth. It's first year. That's nothing against Cole. He should be the fourth. If he isn't, he's going to get turned up. So, so yesterday, let's revisit uh, uh,
4: when we come back an interview that Dale Jr. called a bucket list moment, but he didn't know it was in his bucket list until he did it. <laughs> a great opportunity to do an interview with his airness, Michael Jordan.
3: Greatest basketball player of
1: all time, Michael Jordan. I'm a big uh, race fan. I uh, started off when I was a kid. I grew up watching your dad. I grew up watching Richard Petty. Now I'm good friends with Denny Hamlin. You know, I love watching I, I I set my clock every Sunday to watch you know, NASCAR and I pay attention and actually I enjoy spending time here. Any one of the four can win, you know, and it, it's going to be a good championship. I watched Xfinity yesterday and it was a good championship with those guys. And. I expect it to be the same today, and I hope Denny can pull it out.
4: It's awesome to have people like this here at this race. It just shows you how much sports means to this whole country, how important it is for NASCAR to have Michael Jordan, man, the greatest of all time at the final race. Spoken like a true Carolina fan, greatest of all time. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. No doubt about it. (laughs) I wondered how long that was going to take. Dale Jr. has also, today, he's been named the honorary starter for the 62nd uh, annual Daytona 500.
3: Oh, what yeah. hasn't he done there? I mean, he's, he's driven the pace car, given the command. Now he's the starter. I've karaoke with Dale Jr. If they're going to have him sing the anthem next, he better start warming up. Now <laughs> 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 I'm going to turn
4: on for that for sure to see that. I want to see. Uh, he needs to practice because the, oh, you 100. know the good start, the good ones they do like. It's not this. It's, mm-hmm. they got, it's not going like, to drop it is Easy. Get this. Oh, we had that happen at oh, Pocono. Now you're going to build time, some anxiety that? into That's, him. For three months, he's going to yeah, be like, Junior, don't, don't drop drop He'll tether it. He'll have it tethered <laughs> to his wrist. <laughs> uh, oh, man.
2: So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he uh, if he sings. That was great having MJ there yesterday. You know, I mean, he and Denny are good friends. They play golf. And, and for him to come there and support uh, Denny in this opportunity, I think we all talked about, it. you know, it's probably his best chance to, to win that, but to have him there. And then have on one of Denny's hats. I don't know what that cost, Denny, but I was it was say, well
3: worth it. <laughs> I don't know how you get a logo go On old Michael Jordan, but he had the the (laughs) DHR Danny Hanlon racing hat on. I was impressed. I'll send
4: him one of mine, but I bet he won't wear it. So, uh, (laughs) so coming up, uh, the 2019 season it might be over, but there's still business to be done, like a party in the heart of Nashville. For the first time ever, NASCAR Champions Week is coming to Nashville. I'm here with the dynamic duo. Not one for all the fancy stuff, so I'm a little bit out of place. What did you spill on this? Uh, you know, I just thought I'd shine tonight. Silas was following you down the carpet. Like a proud mom, I think. Your 2018 Monster Energy Cup Series champion,
3: Joey Logano. You can catch the awards Thursday night, December 5th, 8 Eastern, right here on NBCSL. Nashville!
0: When I grew up, I remember just thinking if I was a local Friday night hero at Southside Speedway, I was gonna be happy with that.
1: Through three and four, the final time!
0: You have to have the ability to be confident enough in yourself. Hell yeah, boy! Way to go! When I started racing stock cars, I don't really know that I ever dreamed of being here.
1: Way to kick off this playoff, buddy. Nice job. You gotta have fearlessness, you gotta have dedication, you gotta have drive, desire, the fire. side to the checkered
3: flag. I not believe I just did that.
1: A pass to the second round of the playoffs. Martin Shurek's Jr. wins at Vegas. That little f- in front of me doesn't put his finger away. We're going to get one. Thanks for this 19 hot rod thing, come on. Jump, on. He's going to go sideways, right in front of the pack. Kyle Larson gets the win in dominating fashion. We just blew up. Why in the world, man? Denny Hamlin is going to victory lane. Oh, yeah! Oh, boy! gets served! No Logano! Got it pretty good here, boys. He will get redemption on the roll. Yeah, buddy. The 11 put the 22 into the wall. Ryan Blaney wins!
4: Oh, shove that silver spin up his Bowman just cleaned him out. Probably wouldn't have got wrecked if he had his finger back in the car.
1: <inaudible> Kenny Hamlin is spinning through the grass all the way down the front stretch.
0: Stuck the landing. Russian Judge docked me a little bit. I didn't keep it straight.
1: The run for the championship for Chase Elliott will end. No, 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 no. Don't push Stop. me and run away like a little
0: you would probably say, eh, ah, sure, track racing. Martin
1: Truex Jr. has dominated at Martinsville. He will have a championship four spot. Kevin Harvick has cowboyed up here at Texas Motor Speedway, and guess what? He's made a reservation for the final four at Homestead. Denny Hamlin has done it. He's won his way into the championship four. Hell yeah, guys! We're going to Homestead. What a performance he has put on this evening. Kyle Busch is gonna win his second Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Awesome,
4: Mark. Awesome beer. Thank you, boys. He is a winner, plain and simple. There's always your doubters, there's always your haters, but you know what? This one's for Rowdy Nation. Rowdy
1: Nation. Rowdy Nation!
4: Yeah, what an eventful field playoffs. I mean, the Chase Elliott driving in the <laughs> wall and then coming back and winning. I mean, it just it was a really, really good playoffs.
2: Yeah, it really was. So many different stories. And, and these races, I mean, just when you thought you knew who had the momentum and what might happen in a race, uh, something totally different would happen. I know that Truex led a lot in a race and Denny dominated at Phoenix, but still there were compelling stories throughout the races. Yeah,
3: and some drivers that made the playoffs, Kyle Larson, Got back to victory lane. You mentioned Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney. So, so some guys that, you know, we talk about the big names. Well, some of the guys that maybe we didn't have going to victory lane proved they deserved to be in the playoffs by winning and advancing. Yeah,
4: perhaps the move of the playoffs is somebody who a lot of people don't know their name, Caitlin Larson. Yeah. <laughs> like, she in victory lane, she brought a whole other level. <laughs> the shotgun of the beer in victory lane Kyle said he couldn't do it, but she could. So I love this because she is a racer. I mean, she comes from a racing family. She appreciates being in victory lane. And why not?
3: We're here to have fun, right? Well, that's JP, Kyle Larson's uh, PR man in the blue there. And I would say that he spilled more and took longer than Caitlin Larson. So she's even the all-star of that duo right there. Absolutely. I think she gained a whole other set of fans for Kyle Larson right there that
4: afternoon. Okay, we're going to do what we shouldn't do. We're gonna we already were <laughs> they let us do it every time. I know yeah, okay. we fooled them it's, to this point. Right. This. What's one more? All right. So we're gonna pick who's gonna win the championship next year. Like the way too early predictions. I, I'll start it out. I'll give y'all because I surprised I you a little pick bit. A champion? Yes, right. I'm gonna okay. I surprise you. I'm gonna take Kyle Larson. I think the winner is coming from Joe Gibbs racing. Rule changes coming. For 2021, that to me means it's a major advantage to teams that are running well now. Look at Joe Gibbs Racing; I feel like they are the best team, and I think that helps them even more next year. Not many—you're going to have to kind of split your attention, getting ready for 2021 and 2020. I think Kyle Larson—I'm sorry—I think Martin Truex Jr. and his team bring the most amount of speed to the racetrack every week.
3: I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. Good choice. I I didn't know we were going to have to do this. Can I answer a a different question first? Okay, so how about this? This is my too early prediction then. I'm not going to pick a champion, but I'm going to predict a guy is going to go and join the multiple winner column, and it's somebody who's not even in the winner column. I have William Byron not only breaking through in 2020, Mm -hmm. but breaking through and winning more than one race. Yeah. I'm talking a multiple winning season for William Byron, driver of the 24, which is just too good the second half of the season. Chad Knauss coming back on top of the box. First time in four or five years he'll have any consistency. Mm -hmm. There's my too early predictions. So you, I like a that. guy that has not
2: won a race. Multiple wins. Well, Boom. Yeah, Twice. I like that. Moving on. Young guys. They're, they're showing up and showing that they deserve to be there. And so I like that idea. I'm going to give you a champion, and he's back-to-back, Kyle Busch. Uh, but my big news is, is that the Wood Brothers get win number 100 for them and it's Matt Benedetto that gets them there. And he might win more than one race also, I believe. But I believe that he gets at least that number 100 for the Wood Brothers.
3: I- I'm not sure there'll be anybody more enthused to be in their car in Daytona than Matty D. Yeah, and it could be the Daytona
4: 500 where he gets it done. How about that, Wood Brothers? Back in guys Baker are making Lane me man. feel bad. Y'all picked two drivers that have no wins between the two of them and said they're both going to win multiple races.
3: Like, and I here I am picking Martin Truex. So, I mean, I took right. low hanging fruit. You want a crazier one? Then <laughs> I'm going to go back to back. There'll be no rain, no rain at racetracks until 2020. Oh my, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Didn't we hear that earlier yeah. this year? <laughs> I'm hoping it works this time. <laughs> this, he did. This is, you can, it, it this lasts, is clearly it, the
4: last Monday NASCAR yeah, America because he is week,
3: The last time you Mike played. Joy Gordon. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> y'all aren't first.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so when we come back, we are going to deliver some well-deserved shout-outs. It's gonna be fun.
3: Final segment, that means it's time for shout-outs, and I'm going to start with David Reagan, a driver who's announced he's not coming back next year. He's going to retire from full-time racing. David is not only a great race car driver, but he was nominated this year for the Comcast Community Champion Award with the work he does with the Shriner Hospital. I can't think of a nicer guy in the garage than David. It'll, it'll be missed. It, he'll be missed. Missed yep. not seeing him around.
2: Yeah, always fun to watch him race, especially at the plate tracks. But uh, I'm going to go with Paul Menard who's retiring, uh, getting out of the Wood Brothers car. His family's been in this uh, motorsports for a long time. We'll continue with that uh, as far as sponsorship goes. But Paul had his win in the Cup Series at one of my favorite places, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah,
4: and Rick Allen, he's very concerned. I'm taller than Steve in this show, so I'm going to let my seat down a little bit so that I'm not as tall and make Rick feel a little <laughs> better. better. So now I'm Rick, down where I need to be. sensitive in the mood. But, uh, yeah, don't you? Think? like He gets, he very, he gets, gets very sensitive. Gets very sensitive. I, but I also got to give a shout-out to my man, Steve. Because my man Steve won our broadcast final standings in regard to NASCAR Fantasy Live. He beat Kelly Stavis by just a small margin yesterday. I haven't heard the – even on this morning, Steve called
3: me celebrating. So, I I tweeted the other day that my eyesight was going, but whose name is that down in yellow? Is that Parker? It's so small, I can't even quite see his name. He spent a lot of
2: time in the simulator this year. I think that – got his attention away from what he needed to do
4: here. <laughs> Listen, I wanna thank everybody. We all do yes. I want to thank all of you who watching. You guys make this show. Uh, we are really gonna miss you for the next couple of months. We're gonna come back in February. Look forward to talking to you.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up?